Well, good morning, everyone. And welcome to our remembrance service today. It's great to see uh, so many folk here from the uniformed organisations. We're really glad that you can come along and join us today in our service of remembrance. And it's just great to be back together again for this particular Sunday uh, when we couldn't meet last year. So it's lovely to see the church uh, full of folk today. Just a few wee announcements before we begin our service. Because of the COVID regulations, we have to leave by the side door. We try and maintain a one-way system. So we'll leave by this uh, side door today at the end of the service. We do require you to wear masks. Thank you for complying with that. I know if you have a medical condition, you're exempt, but uh, adults do need to wear masks uh, while we're in the course of the service. Uh, you don't have to wear a mask if you're like me and you're taking the service. So if you want to come up and help out at any point, just let me know. We will be leaving uh, the service to go round and have a short service again at the War Memorial where we'll read the names of our uh, local dead from the parish. Uh, so please do stay for that if you can. And there will be teas afterwards in the Forsyth Hall. If you're able to stay, you're very welcome uh, to join us for that. One of the um, details that we have to work with at the moment is, funnily enough, we don't have to sign in to come into church. But if we're serving tea and coffee, you do have to sign in. Don't ask me why, but that's the, them's the rules. Uh, so if you're going to cross to the hall, if you could sign in for a family group, that would be most appreciated. There will be a collection for Poppy Scotland uh, on the way out. We'd encourage you to donate to that as generously as you can. You'll see there's a plate just behind me. That's for regular church offerings. We've been doing this for nearly a year. Out in the little vestibule, just before you turn left to go out of the building, there'll be another donation box. That's the one for Poppy Scotland, if you want to make a donation uh, today. Um, next Sunday, believe it or not, we hope to be beginning to get the Christmas decorations up. So folk in church, if you're here and you're young, fit and strong, or old, fit and strong, if you are able to stay behind even for maybe half an hour, uh, or an hour after the service to help us put the tree up and get the banners done, that would be most welcome. And then lastly, we're having a rag bag collection, so if you've had a, a clear out or are intending to have one uh, to make some space for all the Christmas goodies that Santa will be bringing, uh, particularly clothing, items of clothing, uh, we can take those, we can uh, rec recoup some money from them. We need them brought to the annex, the new annex, have a look at it today if you haven't seen it already, on Wednesday and Saturday from 11 till 12. So that's Wednesday and Saturday, 11 till 12. Come with your, your bags of uh, unwanted clothing and hopefully we can benefit from them here. So those are all our announcements this morning. We're going to begin our worship in the words of hymn 125, Lord of all being, throned afar. Let's worship God together.
SPC. Let's join our hearts together in prayer now. Let us pray. Lord of all being, Son of our lives, we gather this morning with such mixed feelings on this Remembrance Sunday. We're grateful that in the great wars of last century, the forces of right prevailed against the tyranny of evil men. And yet we're appalled at the cost in human lives, remembering the countless men who died in battle, the millions of civilians who were bombed or brutalized in war, the men, women, and children found starving in the death camps, yet realizing that as survivors, they were the lucky ones. We wonder what we are as human beings but conflict, anger, and avarice can take us to such places. Unless we lay the blame at the feet of those who went before us, we acknowledge this morning that we ourselves are no strangers to conflict, anger, and avarice. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us as we gather today to take stock of the past and rekindle hope for the future as we give thanks for those who made the ultimate sacrifice to secure the freedom in which we now stand and remember the cost that they and their loved ones paid to secure that freedom. We give thanks for heroism and camaraderie and we remember those who struggled to find those things within themselves. We give thanks for the making of lifelong friends and we remember too the loss of a generation, the loss of loved ones. We give thanks for lives given to save others and we remember lives wasted for the sake of a few yards of no man's land. We give thanks for the courage of those who faced bullet and shell and remember the different courage of those who had to pick up the pieces of civilian life after war and try and carry on. Lord, we give you thanks for your gift of life that gives us hope even in the face of death and renews us to face the coming days. And we offer all these prayers through Jesus Christ who gave his life for all of us and in whose name we pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, What is it that we remember this morning? We remember Ypres, Gallipoli, the Somme, Mons and Verdun. We remember the Western Desert, El Alamein, the Normandy beaches. We remember Coventry, Dresden, Hiroshima and the Burma Road. We remember Korea, 
the Falkland Islands, Northern Ireland, the Balkans, East Timor, Afghanistan, and the Gulf. We remember the courage, the comradeship, the ingenuity, the spirit of working together for a common cause, the planning together for a better world that would come with peace. We remember the carnage, the colossal horror of war. We remember the widows in their twenties, the old men and women now who never knew their fathers. We remember the families bereaved by recent wars and conflict, the children who will die today while nation still fights nation. And we remember the one who asked us to remember all these things and to learn to live in ways that cherish and preserve life rather than destroying it. So Father, in all our remembering, remember us and forgive us our many sins against you and our fellow man. The days are coming, says the prophet, when God shall judge among the nations and shall settle disputes for many peoples. The days are coming when they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But until those days, we shall continue to remember those who have been taken from us by war. So can I ask you now to please stand as you are able to. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We keep silence together.
Amen. Please be seated. Let us pray. Ever-living God, we remember those whom you have gathered from the storm of war into the peace of your presence. May that same peace calm our fears and bring justice to all peoples and establish harmony among the nations through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A wee word to the boys and girls. Well done for observing that silence so respectfully. You did really well. Thank you. We're going to sing together now hymn 704, I Vow to Thee, My Country.
Our reading this morning is taken from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 5, and reading verses 1 to 12. And Cheryl Hunter is going to read for us. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those pure at heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Thanks, Cheryl. Our second uh, reading today is a poem, uh, and it's called Naming of Parts. Today, we have naming of parts. Yesterday, we had daily cleaning, and tomorrow morning, we shall have what to do after firing. But today, today, we have naming of parts. Hearts. Japonica glistens like coral in all the neighbouring gardens, and today we have naming of parts. This is the lower sling swivel, and this is the upper sling swivel, whose use you will see when you are given your slings. And this is the piling swivel, which in your case you have not got. The branches hold in the gardens. Their silent, eloquent gestures, which in our case we have not got. This is the safety catch, which is always released with an easy flick of the thumb. And please do not let me see anyone using his finger. You can do it quite easy if you have any strength in your thumb. The blossoms are fragile and motionless, never letting anyone see any of them use their finger. And this you can see is the bolt. The purpose of this is to open the breech. As you see, we can slide it rapidly backwards and forwards. We call this easing the spring. And rapidly backwards and forwards, the early bees are assaulting and fumbling the flowers. They call it easing the spring. They call it easing the spring. It is perfectly easy if you have any strength in your thumb, like the bolt and the breech and the cocking piece and the point of balance, which in our case we have not got, and the almond blossoms silent in all of the gardens and the bees going backwards and forwards. For today, we have naming of parts.
For many of us, I would guess that the war poems that we learned at school have stayed with us across the years, even if only in part. And this poem by Henry Reid is one that has haunted me for the last 40 years. It was different from the others somehow. And the difference was the juxtaposition of the mundane, mechanistic way that the soldiers were being familiarized with instruments of death, while all around them nature was just getting on with the business of life. Japonica glistens like coral in all the neighboring gardens. And today we have naming of parts. The contrast was and still is striking. But Reed's play on it is more rooted in reality than we might think. And the little red flower that many of us are wearing this morning is evidence of that. And um, we have this lovely display that was made by some of the young uh, boys and girls in the uniformed organizations who couldn't uh, be here today. And our thanks to them for that. In our country, the poppy is synonymous with remembrance. Every year, 40,000 volunteers sell something like 40 million poppies to help raise funds to help veterans and their families. They're worn on lapels, football shirts, wristbands and cars. They're projected onto buildings. And they're the focal point of public art, like the almost 900,000 ceramic poppies that were used in Paul Cummins and Tom Piper's installation, Blood, Sweat, Lands and Seas of Red at the Tower of London. Or the profoundly moving cascade of red petals that falls to the floor in the Festival of Remembrance the Royal Albert Hall. But it wasn't a given that the humble poppy would ever develop such ubiquity. In his book, Where the Poppies Blow, the historian John Lewis Stemple describes the experiences of the soldiers of the trenches through their engagement with the natural world, which they experienced through the horror, boredom and filth, but sometimes the unexpected beauty of the trenches. And Lewis Stemple uncovers something which I think becomes a, a surprise to many of us, it certainly did to me, that many of the British soldiers spent a good deal of their time in the trenches cultivating gardens. Some of these were out of sheer necessity for food production. By the end of the Great War, it's estimated that the British Army was self-sufficient in the fruit and vegetables that they grew. But it wasn't all about pragmatism. Men would take pride and invest time in small flower gardens that they'd cultivate on the rear ramparts of their trenches. Will you please send as soon as possible two packets of candy tuft and two packets of nasturtium seeds? Words written by Captain Lionel Crouch when he wrote to his father in Chelmsford in 1915. And in 1916, a journalist traveled along the trenches at Ypres and was amazed by the repeated sights of a little vegetable garden and next to it, for beauty's sake, a flower garden and next to that, a little graveyard. Some of the reasons for this enthusiasm for growing was, would be understandable. In a life that was often crushingly boring, the cultivation of a small garden was something to do. Some stretches of the trenches even ran their own version of Britain in Bloom 
to add a competitive edge. But at a deeper level, these gardens could be a powerful reminder of home and the hope that one day this hell on earth would end and the lucky few might return to till their own soil and tend their own gardens in peace. In a comment which could be true for many of us here today, Lewis Stemple suggests that love of flowers in the trenches was similar to love of religion. Few British soldiers declared it, but almost everyone had it. And it's that enduring love of nature that in no small part ensured that the poppy ended up as a symbol of our country's wartime sacrifice. In the untilled soil of northern France and Belgium, the poppy wouldn't normally thrive in the way that the blue cornflower does. And the cornflower is the French equivalent of our poppy still worn today in remembrance. But the artillery barrages of both sides ripped the land apart and helped spread the poppy seeds over the mud-churned land. And the nitrogen in the explosives, as well as the decomposing remains of fallen animals and soldiers, created a uniquely fertile environment that allowed poppies to bloom in their hundreds of thousands on the ravaged land. So it wasn't romanticism, but it was the reality of this persistent, fragile beauty in a seemingly God-forsaken place that led Gordon McRae to write the day after leading prayers at the funeral of one of his dearest friends. In Flanders fields the poppies blow between the crosses row on row. From those words written in 1915, through the first poppy appeals of the 1920s, through to the millions that we see today in public remembrance, the simple red poppy has become the most eloquent expression of the deep sorrow and gratitude that so many of us feel for those who have given their lives in time of war. In the poppy, we remember the sacrifice of those from our own communities who fell in both world wars and those who still place themselves at risk for the greater good even today. In this simple annual flower and in its short and brilliant flowering, we see a potent image of a generation cut down all too soon. Rather than simply looking back, the poppy also encourages us to look forwards. As I've suggested in the trenches, flowers became a sign of hope, a beauty that spoke of a spirit that the horrors of war and death could never finally overcome. And these simple flowers, emerging through the rubble and the mire of no man's land, people saw new life rising up in the midst of death. And they remembered Alexander Pope's maxim, the hope springs eternal. And that's where our link with today's gospel reading comes. Those words we heard from Matthew 5 are the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is his manifesto for life. Jesus has at least as much to say about life now as he does the life hereafter. And what's striking about his teaching here is that the blessings he's speaking about don't begin when things are going well for us. 
That's when we tend to think that we're blessed, when the sun's shining and all's well with the world, which is great when it happens. But the blessings that Christ promises here are blessings found in the midst of challenges. Surprising blessings coming into our lives when things are difficult or sad or conflicted. When the terrain that we're living in feels like no man's land. When we're exhausted from the effort we've had to put in just to get through the day. When any hope that we might have had seems to be futile. There is blessing to be found when we look to Christ. Because he has watered the ground of our human existence with his own blood offered in sacrifice so that new things can grow there for any and all who look to him in faith. New hope, new purpose, new strength springing up where we least expected to find them. Henry Reed's naming of parts lamented that the theatre of death he was shortly going to be entering and the life that he sensed around him in nature were two completely separate worlds. But those gardeners cultivating living things in and around the trenches and the poppies carpeting that hell of no man's land and the crucified but risen Christ tell things differently. They tell us not to lose heart because there is life to be found even in the midst of death. And ultimately, it's God's life and love shared with the whole of humanity which wins the day. Amen. As I was preparing uh, for today, I came across uh, a wee video that I wanted to show you uh, just now in the hope that there will be some, kind of some of the younger uh, people with us today. So uh, this video shows you how to do some magic. This is how you turn a flower into a mobility scooter. How do you turn a flower into a mobility scooter? Well, watch the video and I'll show you.
So that's how you do the magic. That's how a, a, a flower turns into a, a mobility scooter. And you can all take part in that magic today as you leave the church. Please remember to make a donation to the work of Poppy Scotland uh, as you leave. We're going to pray together now, so let's join our hearts in prayer. God of love and compassion, we remember today all those in our world who suffer through war, conflict and injustice. The injured, the bereaved, the displaced and the despairing. Those whose scars are visible and those whose scars are hidden deep inside. Those whose long-standing memories still bring them pain. And those whose wounds are recent and acute. And as we honour those who've served in past conflicts, we also remember those who've been killed, bereaved and wounded in more recent times through service in our armed forces. Through the often dangerous task of providing protection to life and property and upholding the rule of law. And through being the innocent victims of acts of atrocity and terror. We pray for all who mourn loss and live with pain. Those who continue to struggle against adversity. Those who can't forget the trauma that they've lived through or are constantly weighed down by regret. Grant your healing and strength, your care and your consolation. And be with all those who offer support and care, who work to rebuild what is broken and heal all that has been wounded through Jesus Christ our Lord. God of peace, who in Christ embraced the ultimate act of loving sacrifice, we give you thanks for those who have laid down their lives for the sake of others, and all, all, all those who have given of themselves in the service of humanity, for the cause of freedom, to fight injustice, to make and maintain peace, to bring healing and wholeness to people and to nations. And so inspired by their example, we dedicate ourselves, where we find conflict, to work for resolution. Where we find injustice to stand alongside the oppressed. Where we recognise difference to focus on that which unites us. And where we find brokenness to seek to heal and mend. By your Spirit, give us the strength and wisdom to fight for truth and justice where change can be wrought and to show grace and forgiveness where it is ours to give so that in this community, this land and in our world, peace, security and justice might win the day in your name. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is O God, Our Help in Ages Past.
now go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore. Gentlemen, can you please remain standing for the national anthem? <clears throat> 